The Spanish announce table. Tom, another wild week of wrestling, man. What? Give it all to me. Your thoughts. Sum it up right now. Ten seconds. Go. Content over storylines, and it wasn't that great leading into a pay-per-view that should be better, but it's in an era during PG when it should be in an era of the attitude. 4.79 seconds. We don't fact check. All right, Tom. How was your week? I think that's the show. Yeah. No, that's I think it. that's the show. Uh, Man, all right. Yeah, so, never mind. Fuck your week. I don't care. Yep. Yeah. Have a great week, guys. <laughs> later, guys. Bye. How was your week? All right. We'll get back into this series. I know everybody's been waiting to see us. They love us. Yeah. they asking where we are. We're here. Yep. So. First off, let's get into your week. I want to okay. hear your week. Then we'll get into my week. Okay. What? 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 what my week? Oh, you want to go into my week? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies first. All right, thanks. I started a new job, as we kind of yeah. discussed getting into that. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, uh, guy I was working alongside with for a couple of days here uh, showing me some of the ropes around there. A friend of Antonio Martinez, who we've talked about on this show. A friend of yours uh, through the fighting world. Uh, and He's um, my cousin. Oh, that's right. Did you he know that? Your cousin. Yeah, he's that's my cousin. Right. That's right. Yeah. He is your cousin. So, so there you go. Um, doing that, and it seems well. And Tom, okay, already... I was walking into this with a better base pay, better bonus, better 401k, better medical, uh, better uh, PTO, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And no overtime, you know, aside from occasional whatever, where I was doing like 55 to 60 at the last place, right? Right. Um, Going into that, and I show up first day, I'm nice, I got my slacks, right? Got my collared shirt, got my shoes, and everybody's in jeans, right? everybody's yeah. in jeans it's money and i was like oh i'm gonna like this right and he was like yeah he was like totally man jeans he's like you'll see people in t-shirts i'd like to see you in a collared shirt if i could right and i'm like oh of course right yeah absolutely i could do that and he was like jeans he's like hey hot days in summer we're wearing shorts just not like jean shorts or basketball shorts or something just wear like some docker shorts or something and i was like i, I almost kissed him on the mouth Tom. Huh? wouldn't have been the first time right Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah HR was there, sad? so I didn't do it. Yeah, you know? isn't that sad though? Like, I'm glad for you, right? Like, that's all great. But I'm talking more about the attire that, like, you just can't wear what you want, right? Because oh, I know. now, yeah. quick question though: Are you customer facing? And no. and what I mean by that for people who don't know that terminology, are you working with customers face to face? I am not. No. Nope. Then why does it matter what you're wearing? I've never understood that. I understand in the sense of if I'm customer facing. So I want to say like we are professional. We are, you know, a class uh, you know, business. And so that's why I wear the best ties and the best business suits. I get that, right? But if you're not customer facing and you don't wear offensive things to where your coworkers are saying, like, hey, I hate that shirt. Why are you so offensive to fill in the blank, right? If you're not doing that, what does it matter? I've never understood that. I've never understood. Yeah, Luckily, I, I don't like you, I have a job where I can wear, wear pro wrestling t-shirt. Well, my job's a little bit more lenient. I can wear pro wrestling t-shirts. Friday is Fanny Pack Friday, where I wear my WWE Championship belt fanny pack. I made that up. That's a me thing. Uh, I, it's I, I do a lot of fun stuff at work because I'm allowed to. However, it just feels like shouldn't you be able to? Yeah, right. You know. Hey, like the whole, you look good, you feel good. Well, guess what? If you're comfortable, you do good. Right. Yeah. I've always said that. I've said that. I was like, guys, 
you're telling me that the choice of fabric of my pants mm-hmm. suddenly makes me more professional, right? Like, that's yeah. what we're saying here because I could wear everything. Like, I could wear my collared shirt. I could wear uh, some nice, you know, tennis shoes. I could always do that with slacks. But, boy, if I put on a pair of jeans, it's like, really, Tim? Yeah. Tim, oh, you are just stuff. such a piece of trash. I don't think now you have the capabilities to perform your job. Right. Furthermore, like, I, you know, I hear you, like like you kind of mentioned um, the, oh, if you're customer-facing, right? Like, I, I get it, right? Well, I kind of even don't because 90% of these customers are going to give a shit less if you're in jeans or slacks either. Like, I, especially yeah. in what I do, I'm like, hmm nobody's gonna like they're coming in already i'm thinking yeah i'm thinking more of for example if for whatever reason i was going to buy a rolex or a tesla and you're wearing local football team t-shirt with jeans that you know obviously haven't been washed in a couple days Mm -hmm. eh, that kind of seems shady yeah (laughs) maybe this watch isn't legit now i'm not saying like don't you know obviously you shouldn't judge a book by its cover but you know what i'm saying if i'm walking into a rolex uh store and they're all wearing money you know what i'm saying i have a little bit more confidence of hey then obviously now maybe i'm getting conned but you get what i'm saying like I have a little bit more confidence that like this Rolex is legit. This store is not a breaking bad storefront for money laundering. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no. And I totally get all that. Um, so yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm going to enjoy it here. It sounds a little more relaxed, but yeah, I'm I'm really going to start getting into not relaxing that, you know I mean? It's Mm -hmm. a little more like, Hey, we're trying to do work here. We're not really concerned about your pants. Yeah. Performance over attire. Right. So, uh, I went to a daughter's choir concert tonight. They had the, um, high school you know winter choir performance that went well and that's why we're getting started late on this show and everybody's a little sleepy so we might be rushing through this one because we're like you know what man had a long day and let's get this done i agree yeah well good how was the recital performance i don't know what you call them you know this uh choir teacher she's got knows how to put on a show man like it's always entertaining there's things going on there's moving parts there's a theme it's always like and i'm always leaving there at these things i'm like that was impressive i'm pretty impressed yeah. Well, good. Right. I'm glad you had a good time. Did she have a good time? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, she had a blast out there. Um, except, I think there's like, with both of my kids' schools right now, both of them, they're 30 minutes apart, uh, like a 30-minute drive apart from each other, both of them, in as many days, in two days, have had uh, to have extra police presence on site because of school shooting threats made. Uh, on social media that had to be investigated. Like, what, and one of the schools, the kids got arrested. Good. Yeah, good. But And, and yeah. my daughter sitting here telling me, she's like, yeah, the kids are, you know, very bullied. And I'm like, hey, why are you kids still doing that? Like, do you not see the news? Why are you, like, leave the troubled kid alone? <laughs> like, let him, oh, whatever. I guess it'll never change. What's that? <laughs> What did you, you say? I was thinking about. I was well. I was oh. going with the bully thing, and yeah. I wanted to go on a tangent, but this is a pro. Well, I was just saying. Podcast. I guess it'll never change. And yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. pro wrestling podcast. We don't got to get yeah. too much into it, but yeah. Um, so that was interesting. The whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, eh, I hope nobody comes in here and shoots this place up right now, which is a yeah. thing we have to think about nowadays. You know, one thing that irritates me is these fucking losers, though, get on social media and they they pop off at the mouth, or I guess on the keyboard 
with no ramifications that they're going to get punched in the mouth. That's one thing that really irritates me with social media. You wouldn't talk to me the way you do on Twitter, Facebook, fill in the blank. If me and you were face to face, and I'm not saying me as in I'm Thomas, tough guy Thomas. I'm saying right. just general other person. And and so the the bomb threats. Well, of course it's easy to do bomb threats. You know why? Because it's I'm in the uh, the safe security of my walls, and I can type whatever I want and hit send. With you yeah. know now you might investigate me, yada yada yada. But then I can encrypt and blah 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 blah. So yeah, and these poor kids have to. Your your daughter who had the the uh bomb threat probably just was like yep this is part of life this is what it is yeah yeah, yeah. so sad anyhow yeah. but that this isn't this isn't that podcast yes, this right. isn't tim and tom right. um well good what else it, was, was that your kind of weekend that was pretty much it, you know because you know the prior week i had still some time off so we were just kind of doing stuff around the house and hanging out and then started the new job that's kind of been the focus of the last couple of days you know and then other than well i'm happy you know, for you christmas coming and stuff like that yeah so. Christmas is coming. Well, I'm happy for you. Are you Thanks. done with your Christmas shopping real quick? No. Oh, I am. I'm done. You... Oh, really? What'd you give me? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got you that one thing. Yeah, you're like, actually, I'm not done. I was just thinking. I forgot something no, 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 for I another got you friend. That one thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, no. Oh. I, yeah, I got you that one thing. Mm. That Daniel Bryan book. Oh, Oh yeah, that's mine. That's right. Yeah, that is mine. Now. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. You know what? You know who I blame in this situation really is Daniel Bryan. If he were a more entertaining author, maybe I would have had the book done by now. It's a good book. It is a good book, and I'm just kidding. I just like I keep like I'm like oh I'm gonna read, it, and then I never read. I just don't mm-hmm. like it's sitting there. It's like, like I see that book every day. <laughs> like it's yep. here right there every day, and I'm like there it is Daniel every Bryan. day. Daniel Bryan, Tom's a good friend. <laughs> All right, Tom, what did you do besides lament that you loaned me a book once? I tell you what, I was with the styling, profiling, limousine riding, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun, sixteen-time world heavyweight champion, one of the greatest of all time, considered a pop culture icon since the nineteen eighties. An influence in all genres of entertainment. Sports, his name is John Cena. Oh. No. No. He said 16 time world champion. However, uh, however, um, John Cena related note the oh. movie of the year, because as longtime mm. listeners of the podcast know, on Christmas we don't do uh, gifts on my mom's side. What we do is see a movie. Uh, this year's movie, Bumblebee. John Cena is the the villain in that apparently. I like that, yeah, yeah. I've heard really fun. good things, but no, I've been I hung out with Ric Flair. That's damn it, awesome! That is cool. Oh my yeah. goodness! Let me tell you this real quick story again because we're recording this late. We want to go to bed. Tim's got two kids and now a new full time job. He's trying to impress mm-hmm. and be alert. Yeah, I'm employed uh, for his again. First week of job. Yeah, and so I'll tell you quickly what how it was. So we went to or excuse me, I went to an autograph signing of Ric Flair. Uh, I got there about 11, 15. It started at noon. I was one of the first few. I was like probably 10 oh, to 12. So he wasn't which, annoyed by the way, Well, no, by the way, after I left, and I'm not exaggerating this number, there was probably two to 300 people behind me. Uh, it was insane. Gross. I think they thought like, oh, this place, which was called ADA Fundraising and Sports Memorabilia, it was a little store. I think other people thought like, 
well, no one really knows about this, so I'll just show up at noon. You know, mm-hmm. no, you never do that, especially with a pop culture icon and considered one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Ric Flair. Yeah. You don't do that. So anyhow, yeah, let me tell you, you about this. the name of Ric Flair by showing up late. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So let me tell you about the experience. So um, we're waiting, yada, yada, yada. Ric Flair's there, right? Doors open. I see him. I'm like, holy shit. There's fucking Ric Flair. Like, that was my first thought. Yeah. I was like, it's really going to happen. Because right. honestly, going into it, even when I bought the tickets last week when we were recording the podcast, I had this feeling deep down that, you know, because of his 30 for 30 and things like that, I was like, he's not going to show up. He's right. going to call in sick, do something. Sorry, guys. Under the weather. I'm 69 years old. You get it, right? So I never really thought it was going to happen. But anyhow, doors open. There he is. Holy shit, right? So people are going, people are going, people are going. It's kind of, I'm like in a little bit of a daze because I'm like, I'm really going to fucking do this, right? Get up there. Guy before me, guy before me could not have been a dumber motherfucker (laughs) in the world. So what you got, if you paid for it, was uh, two options, either just an autograph or an autograph and a photo, right? This guy did the autograph and the photo, but for the autograph, it was his son's 18th birthday or, you know, double digit birthday. Right. Right. And he said, Hey, Rick, can you write, learn to love it or learn to leave it? And Rick Flair's manager was like, no, man, that's like way too much stuff. And Rick's like, no, I can do it. And then the guy goes, cause that's what you said. Right. And it was me and maybe. Oh, it was this couple behind me, and we both look at each other like, he's never fucking said yeah. that. Rick, being just the sweetheart guy that he was, and he really was, just goes, well, I mean, that's what I tell my ex-wives, and he just starts to write it, like, you know, but it just set this weird, awkward thing, and so, like, I'm, I'm thinking while I'm standing there watching this guy make Ric Flair sign a fucking phrase that he's never said in his life, I'm like... This is going to fucking ruin it. I'm going to get there, and he's just going to be like, this is a fucking mistake that I came, right? And then this dumb-faced bastard walks up after him. (laughs) So I'm wearing my pink Ric Flair shirt, which if you're a longtime listener, you know I've worn in the past when I tried Stone Cold Steve Steve Austin's IPA and New Day's Bootios together. I wore that shirt, if you guys remember that video. Meaning the milk quotes was steve austin's ipa yeah and the cereal in the cereal and that i like you got about two and a half bites of i think before you quit yeah it sucked yeah Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) anyhow so i'm wearing that shirt right so this guy this jack wagon he does his his stuff and he takes off right and so then i'm walking up and he goes nature boy and i was like fuck yeah. yeah fuck yeah he likes this shirt okay all right we're in it cool it's back on track, right? So I shake his hand. First off, uh, getting you know as close as I was to him, uh, bigger than I thought. Bigger hands, broader oh, yeah. shoulders. Big dude. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think he was as big uh, as he was. Right, especially even so, at this age, he's probably way smaller than he was. Like he was a big right guy. than he used to be. Right. So I shake his hand. I go to the side of him. Uh, he goes, "Who am I making this out to?" I said, "Thomas." And I go, "And by the way, you don't have to write any of that dumb shit you just did." Yeah. And he got, he laughed. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." 
oh, what yeah. the fuck that was. And I didn't say that part, I, but I did say, yeah. you don't have to write any of that dumb shit you but just did. But if you could say this is Ric Flair and you're listening to the Spanish announce table, that would be well, cool. Well, I thought about it. Yeah. I thought about it. But yeah, it no, was, you it, can't ask for Ric Flair that. the local sports radio station, mm-hmm. they had like a booth yeah. that was uh, kind of adjacent to where he was sitting. So there was commotion. It wasn't just how when we met Mick Foley, it was just right. us, right? It was a little bit more of a you know, event. Well, and, and it's, and it's yeah. Ric Flair. I mean, Mick Foley was a bit of, I was like, man, we're bit out of line for asking this but here we go right <laughs> like right. we gotta ask yeah yeah so uh so he signs a thing and then uh, they did a professional photo but then they also allowed me to take a photo with my mobile phone so that kind of made a weird photo you can't really tell unless you really like zoom in i think and like look at our eyes but we're kind of looking at, at two different cameras right. you know which is fine i mean it's fine yeah, right, right. And, it, and i know so it's not like it was ruined so anyhow uh he goes, thank you so much. And I go, thank you so much for coming. And I had took, taken my coat off because it was a little warm. So I took my coat off and I set it uh, next to the door. So as I um, uh, shook his hand, took the photo, I was walking around to then go grab my coat. The couple bef- uh, behind me I'd talked about or I was talking with, you know, leading into meeting Ric Flair and getting to know each other because, you know, you're standing next to each other for right. 30 minutes. Right. And they're like they- you kind of tell their look parties. Right. Like they liked uh, Motley Crue. I think they met uh, Nikki Six, you know, so mm. they're the 80s. Like, let's party. Right. So anyhow, um, as I'm grabbing my coat. Uh, the the girl of the couple says, you know, hey, we should go get drinks. And he goes, oh, I love the West End. And he goes, ah, no, West End, that that isn't right, that isn't right. And I just blurt out, Westport. He goes, yeah, Westport. And I said, I live there. I'll take you anywhere you want. Yeah. And he and he giggled. He's like, oh, brother. You know, I don't know if he said brother. Maybe that's just me making it up. But he gave me that Ric Flair giggle. You know that Ric Flair. Yes. Like, you know, right. And so he gave me that, and he kind of looked at me, and I was like. Okay, you know, I'm not going to fucking beg him, right? So here's my so number. I, right. my coat on. <laughs> I, I knew the guy uh, that was working the 810 uh, remote. Uh, it was mm-hmm. Stephen St. John. So I oh, walked okay, over nice. there, shook his hand. He's like, this is cool. I was like, this is fucking awesome, right? Uh, then I was, as I was talking to him, the owner of the ADA fundraising like, came up. And I was like, is this the first time you guys have ever done like pro wrestler or anything? He goes, yeah. I go, I was like, it's actually really good turnout. He goes, yeah, I think we're going to do Hulk Hogan next. I go, I'll be here for that one too. (laughs) Then then I left. That was it. Hey, we got to get in on this somehow. You know, these guys, Yeah. you work there. Your former alumni, Tom. Well, well, that, no, that's the, what that the means. Owner, You're yeah. The owner of the ADA fundraising said that they were going to bring in. Uh, oh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. yeah, you. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That's who said it. So anyhow, then I get to my car and like I said, there were two to 300 people in line. So just backing up and not hoping that you're going to hit a 10 year old or, you know, some old guy that remembers watching him win the title at Memorial hall, you know, one of those people. Uh, so that was a little bit of fun, but yeah, so I did that. Uh, and then, Oh, that was about it. That was probably the highlight. I won't get into other details, but I met Rick Flair. It was cool. We shared a laugh. We had a firm handshake. We shared a picture. He signed an autographed photo of himself. It was cool. I got it framed. He signed Love his it. own face. Yep. Right? No, he signed next to it. Well, he didn't right. sign yeah, on. No, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's that's. It was great. Yeah. I had a blast. I hope they do the Hulk Hogan one soon because now I just want to get into it. All right. Boom, 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 boom. Let's boom, do it. Because we met Jake the Snake. Boom. I've met Ric Flair. End of the 2018. I'm meeting all of them. You Hulk know what I'm Hogan saying? might be more likely to take you up on your offer to take him around Westport. I might. 
I just knowing Hulk Hogan, he'd be like, "All right, brother, let's go right now." You buying now? Uh, you know, for, <laughs> you're buying, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, now, right, for Hulk. fans of the show who are also sports fans, to under to give you an understanding of how infamous Westport is, I recommend to you watching the Thirty for Thirty about uh, former heavyweight champion Tommy Morrison, who lived in Kansas City, and how he had the most destructive ways possible to end his career, essentially in Westport, and that's where I live. And so that can tell you about the demons that can exist or the partying or the fun, however it affects you, that happens in Westport. I've had a lot of so fun. So watch it 30 for 30. But I try to go there and then leave. Yeah. Yeah, you try, try to go to, and get out. Right. I don't try to hang You don't want to become something. the Westport bar yeah. scene because then it will take you. Right. Yeah. I come down. We go dancing sometimes at the Missy Bees. Right. Mm-hmm. We may go hit the karaoke nearby. Right. What's some other things down there that we run in and out of? But you Oh, mean, Kelly's. Westport yes. Inn, Kelly's the Beer Kitchen. Yep. McCoy's just closed down. They're going to close down on December 23rd. Mm-hmm. That's sad. That's an institution that's been around for mm-hmm. 25 years. Again, this is a pro wrestling podcast. But, yeah, what I was saying, uh, Ric Flair les- loves Westport. If you want to get a little bit more detail about the city that I live in, watch the 30 for 30 about Tommy Morrison. It gives you more detail about what Westport can do to you. Anyhow, hey, okay. you ready to get into some news? Let's do it. Let's do While some news. While we're uh, rolling into some stuff, I'll yeah. go first. So, as you know, this is uh, the Spanish Announce Table 2.0. Uh, we're trying our best to not give you the rumor is Dean Ambrose had a rolled ankle, and so he won't be at the next pay-per-view, and they're going to do this, and that's why the storyline is blah, blah, blah. We're trying not to do that, right? However, correct. there is a uh, pretty popular uh, pro wrestler uh, that had a health scare, and we feel like we will share that with you. So, Big Cass... Uh, unfortunately, collapsed and suffered an apparent seizure at the last House of Hardcore event. House of Hardcore, obviously ran by Tommy Dreamer, ECW legend. Um, There is video. If you want to see that video, go ahead. I'm not going to, uh, but it it is out there. Um, Apparently, he suffered the seizure in the lobby. Uh, So fans were seeing, you know, big cast. Uh, apparently having a medical scare with the seizure. Yeah. Now, with all that being said, uh, it was released, uh, I, I think, a couple days later that uh, Tommy Dreamer said, you know, he's doing fine. Everything should be back on track soon. Um, but, you know, he's probably going to take it easy. It, he also said that this was not a work. This was real. You know, this wasn't a let's get right. House of Hardcore over and then we'll get some sympathy on a baby face. No, it wasn't any of that. It was a real event. Uh, so, again, you know, Big Cass released recently from the WWE, uh, doing the independent shots, and unfortunately suffering a seizure at the House of Hardcore event. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, that's a rough <laughs> one when you're when when uh for people that are in like a performance aspect or they're mm-hmm. you know somehow living their life on the stage, as it were, right, or the television screen. Uh, mm-hmm. When you have those medical scares like that, it can be unfortunate because it's out there in front of the whole world to see or Poughkeepsie or whatever, you know, wherever you happen to be at the moment. So it adds a tinge of no matter what, some sort of, and needlessly, some kind of almost embarrassment. It adds insult to injury, as it were, even though mm-hmm. there's nothing you can, you know what I mean? Like everybody understands yeah. and knows, but it's mm-hmm. just like nobody really likes that being out on blast. So that's kind of unfortunate for Big Cass. And- yeah. And, and, and again, you know, some of these. Uh, I don't know what we're calling them anymore. Dirt sheet websites or fill in the blank, the weird 
the weird news of pro wrestling websites sharing a video i think is tasteless i think you should obviously take that down yeah. um i mean i understand you want clicks you want this blah, 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 but come on i mean someone's suffering a medical scare and you're gonna say let's record it um it's good to see though that he is uh back in the uh, at least a little bit better health um so hopefully he can get it together you know this is end of 2018 has not been the greatest. So hopefully, you know, the year is ending here soon so he can turn around for 2019 yeah. and get back on his feet. But remember, it's not you been a good still one. have some, what, 19 days left as of this recording, Big Cass, if you're listening. And I know you are. I know it. Mm-hmm. I know it. You say you're Theo on Twitter, but I know it. Listen, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, why not? Yeah. So, um, like, it's 2018. You got 19 days left. It's the year of the new idea. You got mm-hmm. time to replace those other ideas you were doing. Because these are not missing good ideas. Yep. New ideas. 2018, new idea. And then you'll roll into 2019, which we'll figure out what that year is here coming up in 2019. It'll come. It'll come. Yeah, you can't. What do you got for you us? can't force it. All right. I'm going to read the bullshit story of the week, Tom. Oh, all right. Cool new feature on the Spanish Now table. Stop me when you smell bullshit, okay? Okay. USADA says right glitch. Right there, stop. Uh-huh. USADA says glitch led to inaccurate data on Brock Lesnar drug test. This is reported by allwrestling.com. I'm going to read it straight off their website, right? Since we gave them a plug, why not? The rumor mill went to work earlier this week after drug testing data on WWE Universal Champion Brock Lesnar went missing from the United States Anti-Doping Agency, otherwise known as USADA. ESPN, uh, on their website, excuse me, ESPN reports that USADA has acknowledged that a recent technical glitch led to the inaccurate data. An update made back in mid-October showed Lesnar had submitted six drug tests in 2018, but that number was recently changed to just five tests. USADA stated that the original update was flawed, and the current figure reflects the accurate number of tests Lesnar has submitted in 2018, five. ESPN added that it appears Lesnar was the only athlete affected by the glitch. Yeah, something didn't happen to that sixth test, did it? USADA is a front for a low-level, stupid Ponzi scheme just to get money out of athletes. USADA is the biggest joke in organized sports. It's worse than having, um, you know, uh, Manford as your commissioner in baseball. It's worse than uh, having um, Roger Goodell put sanctions on players on their, you know, extracurricular activities. USADA is the stupidest thing to ever happen to an organized sport. Yeah. They all they want is money. They're shady. They don't care. They're on they're unethical. They don't they're not consistent. Here's a fun fact. USADA also said that friend of mine, Grant Dawson, who's in the UFC, uh, had an elevated level of a certain testosterone that was not in competition uh rate right so they said we're going to investigate this you are suspended until further notice they held on to this sample for 14 months and then after 14 months in which he could not compete in the ufc the way he makes a living Mm -hmm. said Ah, we're gonna drop this. Um, it, it's not sufficient, not enough evidence here to to go forward with the case. So Grant Dawson, twenty four years old, in the prime of his life, 
just signed to the UFC, could not compete for 14 months because USADA goes, ah, it's been a little bit too long. We got other things to do. And then now, all of a sudden, a missing sample from USADA uh, about Brock Lesnar, the only one, right? Not dad bod Daniel Cormier, not stick boy Max Holloway, who Max Holloway is a G, I'm just saying, you Uh know. He doesn't look the part of a steroid abuser is what I'm getting at. Um, All of these things, you know, those people, all the tests show up. The silverback gorilla who has needles coming out of his forehead, all of a sudden we've lost that one. We lost that one. Just like going into UFC 200, we had this exemption policy because it was a little bit too close to fight date to have him do the required testing. How funny how that works. And then he failed. You knew about it. You don't release it. You let him fight. And then you tell him about him. Tell him about it. And then he goes, well, I'm retired. And then you say, okay, well, then I guess we won't test you anymore. And he goes, hey, I'm back. And then you go, okay, well, I guess we'll test you. And then you miss a sample. Fuck you, USADA. You guys can suck a cactus. You suck asshole. You guys can suck a cactus. Yeah, oh, that's the name of that. Suck episode. a cactus might be the name of the episode. Yeah, it's just yeah. so stupid. And I hope, I, you know what, Brock Lesnar? Because I know you're listening. You mountain man bullshit. No, oh, he you listens. are number one bullshit. Yeah, look, you are man, number I know one bullshit. I know you call yourself GBL on Twitter, Brock. I yeah, get it, but. Guess what? Take all the steroids. I hope you have a fucking crater in your asshole from all the times you stuck a needle in there, right? Because guess what? It's not going to fucking matter. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying this. You do all you want with all the damn steroids and elevated testosterone and TRT and blah, 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 blah. Daniel Cormier is going to fuck you up. Because you be punch fun. as if you've never punched before. I think I you might punch like you're one. afraid to get hit. You dumb might. shit. Oh, okay. you're going to get fucked up. You are going to get so fucked up. And why are you famous? Why are you famous? Because you look like a silverback gorilla. You got a penis tattooed on your chest. And you fucking act like a weirdo. Fuck you. Fuck you, Brock Lesnar. You are a piece of shit. You're a selfish jerk who only thinks about themselves and gets off scot-free on all of these things because you look and act incredible. You, you're like, Your athleticism is off the charts. I'm not taking away from what you can do athletically, but you as a person, you suck a cactus. Oh, you can suck a cactus. And guess what? Dad bod, the daddest man of the year, the daddest man in the planet, he is going to whip your ass, you piece of shit. I hope you slap your knees and call yourself Jed because you are going to get your fucking ass kicked, you piece of shit. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. I can't stand him. Fuck Brock Slap Brock's your name. knees and call yourself Jed? I don't know where that came is from. Is an insult? <laughs> Yeah. You gave it to somebody. You know you're upset when you tell somebody that you hope they slap their own knee and call themselves Jed. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I freestyle and, you know, they're not all home runs. I'm just saying, <laughs> fuck Brock Lesnar. Yeah, all right, man. Well, Tom's mad that Brock Lesnar is famous. What else is in the news? So another famous person on a lighter note, uh, John Cena. Mm receives the Sports Illustrated Muhammad Ali Legacy Award 
And he calls it a big night for the WWE. So he's still playing that company man role. Good for him. So uh, John Cena received the 2018 Sports Illustrated Muhammad Ali Legacy Award for his leadership as a philanthropist. So that's a fun one. Say that one 10 times quick. Among other Uh, things. (laughs) All right. So the award was created in 2008. Other people who have received the Ali Award, Bill Russell, Colin Kaepernick, Jack Nicholson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown, Magic Johnson. You've seen Pretty the first old. white guy? Who else did you Well, no, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, right. There you go. Or Jack, Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson's the Right, actor. of course he's an Anyhow, actor. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cena received the award because of his <laughs> over 600 make-a-wishes that he has granted uh, and for his work on breast cancer, breast cancer awareness. So credit to him. And again, he, uh, in a speech, which I will not go verbatim on, uh, essentially paraphrasing, he played that company line saying, you know, WWE, uh, I'm not the only one who does this. You know, take a look at all the other people who make wishes, uh, you know, grant them and do all the work that I'm doing. You know, I'm just thank you for recognizing that I'm doing it at this level, basically. But yeah, good for him. Right. That's pretty good. I think I'd really like to watch Jack Nicholson accepting an ESPN award or sports illustrated, best Laker fan, right? Yeah, whatever it is, Laker right? Yeah. Whatever. Fan. Some yeah. kind of sports award and love to catch that. Right. Yeah. He's out there like chatting up LeBron on the Lakers, giving his like speech. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Yeah. The, the good for that, Cena. Good. He's a yeah, good guy. Uh, right. And the quote that he walked away with is, uh, this is part of us. This is for all of us. And that's what he was talking about with uh, WWE. So good for him with his weird haircut and all the veins from really his steroid abuse yeah. that it's catching up to him. Yeah, hey, <laughs> and you're you single. Um, yeah. Good <laughs> luck getting a wife with that look. Yeah, I don't think that he's worried about getting a wife, honestly. <laughs> he's probably like, all right. Uh, yeah, I'm losing sleep at night. Um, cool. When he's 60, he's going to sleep alone and hate himself. That's true, too. That's true, too. So take he a will. bath in your tears. Mm, yeah, why? And why are you famous? No, <laughs> why are you famous? I'm serious about Brock Lesnar. Why is he famous? There's nothing redeeming oh, about him. Yeah, it's just the man crush that Vince McMahon had, and then now transferred to Dana White. It's yeah. just man crushes by people who probably yeah. secretly want to fuck him. Because look at this. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he, he, if. Mc, if Ross McMahon hadn't located this guy, he would have went back to farming or construction work or something up there in the Dakotas, tried mm-hmm. out for an NFL team and got cut and would have been nothing. Would have been that yep. weird fucking guy down the street that probably fucks his sheep. Like, mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. If sheep in yeah. the Dakotas or Montana or whatever he's from. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah it, he would not be famous if it weren't for them going like, look at that guy. Yeah, I want to I want to touch his back. I want to touch his back. Let's get a tattoo on that chest. Yeah, let's get a tattoo <laughs> on that chest. You see that tattoo on his back? Oh, I love it. Yeah, just weird. Fuck yeah. Brock Lesnar. Now, his matches are fun, but fuck him. Yeah, he's provided some awesome moments. Oh, he's provided some uh, great wrestling. Yeah. And he deserves his spot. But fuck him. <laughs> but why are you famous? Why are you famous? <laughs> you're not even a good trash talker. No one even really knows what your voice sounds like. And your teeth look like a picket fence. Yeah! You fucking piece of shit. 
All right. Speaking of why are you famous, Bray Wyatt took the WWE Universal back this weekend after wiping out his entire Twitter feed and revealing one cryptic message. Tom, this being read to you direct from WWE.com. In two short and shadowy sentences, the Eater of Worlds, who is no stranger to unexpectedness, purged his entire Twitter feed and left one puzzling note that signals an imminent change. A tweet read, Today I am someone different. Today I have finally become who I really am. While mysteriousness is usually part of Wyatt's tool belt, the message does pose many questions. What could this dispatch mean for Wyatt's future? How will this impact the Raw brand? When should we expect this different Wyatt to emerge? So they're all in. We're getting a, a at least altered Bray Wyatt gimmick, right? When, here it is. Watch this. You want me to write it for you? Mm-hmm. I'll give you the story. This is the new Funkasaurus? Well, no, even better. Because right? remember that was so, like, he was like acting oh. like it was going to be this like monster and he comes mm-hmm. out monster, dancing. And he's like, somebody call the mama. Funkasaurus. Like, the fuck? No, I think this is the way they go. This is the way they go. All right, okay. So you have uh, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan coming back. They're taking on the New Day. New Day gets the upper hand. It's three on two. Uh, New Day in a little bit of a heelish role, putting the boots to Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Lights go out. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, rolling, no. rolling, rolling. Comes out on a bike. <laughs> and Bray Wyatt comes out on a fucking motorcycle. But like a less cool motorcycle than the Undertaker yeah. had, right? Like a Kawasaki. Like, like, a, like those roadsters that your like grandparents get after yeah, they Yeah, it's got retire. a sidecar, but nobody's in it. Just the lantern. <laughs> yeah. Like his old lantern and hat are in that, like are in the yeah. sidecar, just in case. Just in case we and there it is. We got the biker Bray Wyatt. Biker Bray. I like it. Biker Bray. I like this. This could be good. Yeah, he's got a crotch rocket instead of like a mm-hmm. like he's got a fucking right like a fucking yellow well, Kawasaki. I like the idea of the roadster. I like the idea of the wide roadster that has like comfortable seats and like the motorcycles that have the radio. You know, like when yeah. you pull up to the well, red light and you hear a radio. Can he have the handlebars that are like way above your head and you sit yeah. like you're fucking parachuting no, out of an airplane? He's too old for it. Yeah, no, he's got to have right. it right the next fuck? to him. Is there something? Can somebody? Who who fucking care about motorcycles? Explain that one to me. Where you look like you just jumped out of a fucking airplane and you got to ride across country on that? Is that a thing? Yeah, it looks stupid. I don't Is know. that a thing? Why are you doing that? You want to hear another hot take? All right. I hate Harley's. Yeah, I've never been a fan. You know why? Hmm. They're slow and they sound like constipation. Next time you have constipation, think of a Harley, and guess what? Same noise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just never got it because everybody's like, look at my motorcycle. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, it's a Harley. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, they're like, it's the best. And I'm like, all right. I mean, like, there's other See, motorcycles over there that look pretty goddamn similar. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, like, yeah. I know, like, guys, I get your motorcycle guys, but like. Well, what? so my stepdad for his entire life always had a motorcycle, but he had the fast ones. Like, the last mm-hmm. motorcycle he had was a Hayabusa 1300cc. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's Come what we just get Bray Wyatt out on that. And he's biker Bray, but it's that, right? <laughs> just to fuck That'd with it, cool. right? Like he's got a yellow Kawasaki, and he's fucking like, like down to the fucking down the ring, right? Why not? Yep. What the fuck Why else not? is he gonna do? But I think I, it's gonna be biker Bray. That's what I'm is, guessing. That's not Look literally it. what you think. What do you literally think this could possibly be? 
okay, then you know what they're going to go with, I think? Hmm. Raven. I think they're going to do PG Raven. Which is an arguably better move, though, because there was no direction for his character, right? Right. He came in with Mm -hmm. a great character. I'll give it like it had complexities. He had a unique thing going on. Nobody else was doing what he was doing, but it had no direction or storyline. It had Mm -hmm. nothing. So if you're going to bring him and do something here, don't do it if you're not going to have a direction and a storyline. If you don't have a, like an icy title run plan for this, don't give it to me. Like, what is it? Or like, a feud, or yeah, a rival. or at least a feud, or something that like would take that spot on the card, right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. like, what are we going to call it? The third to last match because the the piss the match featured between, bout. yeah, right, right, mm-hmm. right under the main event, right. If you're not going to get mm-hmm. to that level, or at least near it. Because you have something specifically in mind for this character, then why are we doing this? Yeah, and that goes we'll for see, any but, character. But well, yeah, we'll see how this goes. I think the potential is gone. I think the how's the phrase go? The rose is off the bloom, or something like that. Yeah, uh, train has left the station. Train has left the station. All the fun phrases. Hey, you there. know what they say? Uh, uh, no cop, no stop. You got to put your pants on one leg at a time. You know what I mean? Yeah, apple a day you know keeps the doctor away. Right. Don't walk yeah. under a bridge, right, with seven years of bad luck, something like that. So, um, yeah. yeah, you know. But I think, yeah, I think if we're being serious here just for a quick moment, I think they're going to go a little like the PG version of Raven, where it's I'm disconnected from this universe. This universe is not uh, to my standard, it's beneath me. Uh, I'm here to release my rage that I have built up against the baby faces who are, you know, I like this. this is perfect. This is perfect, right? Bray Wyatt does that, but he says it's because this company has wronged us, right? They've, they've forced us to go out there and dance like carnival right. workers for them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then he goes and he gets... Uh, he goes and he gets Heath Slater, who's now working as a referee, right? And he's like, mm-hmm. look at you. They made you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. get whatever. And he does and that he, Raven's Flock thing. Flock. Right. Yeah. But he gets the people who have these shitty, dumb, nothing things going on. He goes Tyler and he finds Breeze. No Way Jose. He goes and he finds, mm-hmm. right? Like, he goes and finds these people. And then that's the, the you know what I mean, his crew. Yes, I can get behind that, especially if you had something that it played to, some sort of payoff. Yeah. Don't bring it to me if you don't. Yeah. Don't bring it to me if you don't because you're wasting my time and his time and your time. He's better off in New Japan or ROH or Journey Pro Wrestling or or whatever, right? Fill in the blank. Yeah. Right. Fill in the blank. So I don't know. Is that all the news? Is that it? Yeah. You ready to take a quick break and then get into our thoughts about the wrestling week that was? So ready for And then we're going to get in our third segment, uh, the picks for the underwhelming TLC. The picks. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Let's take a quick break. We will come back, and we're going to talk about Raw and SmackDown when we come back to the Spanish announce table. Fun fact, Randy Orton emerged as a sole survivor three times at Survivor Series, a record only matched by the Ultimate Warrior. The Spanish announce table. All right, Tom. Monday Night Raw. Not doing so hot lately from a um anything perspective, ratings, uh, response. Uh, last week's Raw rated as the lowest Raw 
ever. Technically, there was one that had lower ratings, but they kind of throw that off because it really was, was like on or near a holiday that was also up against mm-hmm. like a major thing on TV. So if you threw that one off, they haven't had a, a program on Monday night that low rated since primetime wrestling. Um, I, there's positives to be found. We like to do that now, and we will discuss those, but they've got to figure something out. I agree. However, I will say I agree. It feels like, you know, obviously the universal title is held hostage because Brock Lesnar, why is he famous? Yeah, why? Why? But but the show, let's let's just assume the universal title doesn't exist, right? Let's just live in a world where the universal title doesn't exist. I okay. do like the last 2 weeks it feels to me as a viewer that the focus and someone who they say is important and is the most important person on the roster is Seth Rollins. I feel like the promo he did Monday night where he said Monday night raw sucked and it's because of you, Baron Corbin, which is weird because it felt like Vince McMahon is acknowledging that he's sucking and he's using Baron Corbin as a surrogate to say that raw is sucking, right? It's weird. I mean, think about writing that, right? Like, no, this product does suck. Well, I'm going to say that, but I'm going to have him say it to him. Anyway, but I feel like they're positioning Seth Rollins to be the man, not Becky Lynch, but the man on Raw. And to me, back in 2015, now he was a heel then, that was awesome, right? When you had the authority with the the golden boy of Seth Rollins going up against Sting and Dean Ambrose and all of these these guys where you know he's almost playing chicken shit heel but like running with the title thing i was trying to convince people back then that hadn't watched wrestling in a while to watch wrestling again specifically for the reason of Seth Rollins right and now you can say with his tenure his experience uh the clout he's built up with matches against Miz De- uh Dean Ambrose things like that you can position him as a baby face and say this is our guy and i feel like even though like you said the ratings have been dreadful the one positive i will take away from raw is it feels to me as if they're saying Seth Rollins are, is our guy and to me Thank God, right? Because there's plenty of other options. They could have said Dean Ambrose. They could have said Baron Corbin. They could have said um, uh, Elias, right? They could have picked a number of people, but it seems like they picked Seth Rollins, and that, again, to me, is the best option. And so kudos to them. Now we'll see when Baron Cor- or uh, when Braun Strowman comes back if Seth Rollins gets second fiddle, but right now it feels like Seth Rollins is the man, and I love that. All right. Yeah, and I kind of agree with all that. I think he's, like we said, if if you want to give somebody the ball, he's proven before that you can give him the ball and you're going to do damn well with it, right? For a football analogy. Yeah, and I think, you know, know, the the other big baby face, which it felt like – you know, midsummer, late summer ish, when Braun Strowman was getting everyone to throw their hands up in the air and go Roar! with him, like that's your fucking guy. However, you need someone who can talk on the the radio shows in the morning and the Good Morning Americas and the Today shows and all that bullshit. And Seth Rollins is your guy for that. We obviously know if you've listened to the podcast, he's been on this podcast. Yeah. And did a great interview. Well, there's two angles with that. I think Seth Rollins is much more polished, but he can also come across much more robotic and and 
and corporate with it, right? Like I've seen some videos where he's like, yeah, man, he just spits off the like the the venue name, the city name, the what, and I'm like, all right, man, right. practice this yeah. on the limo right over or whatever. And like you, I get and it, and you man. need that, right? Like, yeah, and you need we that. We live in the time where branding is number yeah. one, and if he can say your branding comment yeah. as a business, and again, we're not trying to speak from that aspect, but it is something that which we is, just can't which, not acknowledge. Yeah, but that's and that's what kind of sucks because the much more entertaining interview than in that form is probably Braun Strowman because he's going to talk about what the hell he had for dinner that night and and they're mm-hmm. going to laugh and joke and it's not going to be like Seth Rollins worried about the redheaded lady giving yeah. him the eyeball in the oh, corner yeah. not the that we've been there before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> lady, we, if you're listening and I know you are, you are man, yeah. you don't like us. <laughs> Uh, I will say this yeah. though, from a from a storyline perspective, Seth Rollins, for me as the viewer, can give me more stories than Braun Strowman. Because to me, Braun Strowman can give you two stories. Now they can be awesome, but essentially they're two stories. They're I'm a monster on a rampage, and mm-hmm. everyone's going to get these hands, or I'm a monster being taken advantage advantage of and a hundred people are trying to take me down and I've got to, you know, burst out right. of this, you're right. The, the situation. Yeah. And those are great, right? Like those are awesome. However, kind of like the Daniel Bryan story, what you talked about, like once the yes movements over, I need something else. Yeah, right. And it's got to go I don't think wildly Braun different. Strowman, right. And I don't think Braun Strowman can give you something else where a Seth Rollins can be the chicken shit. Seth Rollins can be the most athletic. Seth Rollins can be the Iron Man. Seth Rollins can be well, that's can it. be yeah. anti-corporate, all the Rollins, stuff. So, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, so he has a more robust storyline mm-hmm. capabilities, and that's why, as a viewer, I want Seth Rollins to be quote unquote the man and that's it so, yeah he's he's been doing this much longer he's been a fan much longer not that braun Strowman isn't he's seemingly taking right. this and loves it but yes he's not there at least not yet by all accounts he could be he's made yeah, vast definitely. improvements in the time he's been here but he's not that yet so you're right absolutely the best and you know tool yeah, face like a-, a face to use as a tool for your company in there right now yeah, instead of WWE would be seth rollins yeah, and going a little bit more with the Braun Strowman character, honestly, to me, the best big man as far as different storylines that almost makes you forget about who they are, I think the best person to ever do that is not Diesel, but Kevin Nash in WCW. When he did the NWO thing, there were so many different times where, yeah, he was seven foot tall and he was big, giant guy. But it felt like he could give you storylines of like he's shooting here, or you know he's coming from underneath, or you know Uh, all this different stuff. Is another one wildly diverse over the years. I mean, he got into some different. So even though he still had that same aspect of his character being Mm -hmm. mysterious and dark and demonic. Yeah, but Kevin Nash just always came across as he's the cool guy, not the monster guy. Even though he's seven foot, just like you know. Big show he and was blah, 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 the blah. the cool guy who could always back it up just by his sheer size and strength, right? Like, But the he, number one right. thing about him was he was cool. Well, he's he was cool, an right. Exactly, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, he, yeah, he, Anyhow, he didn't make his strength his identity. Right, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, back to Raw. Hey, all right. New tag champs. Cable and Rude taking over AOP. I'm okay with something like that because, A, we want a thriving tag team division. You want to bounce that title around. But here's where I'd rather see something like this, right? I'd rather see as long as 
in this feud, AOP eventually wins because we haven't sufficiently built the AOP yet. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. If you're going to flounder the title back and forth because the feud's not done, cool. That adds credence to uh, Gable and Rude. Obviously, they're Mm one-time tag champs or whatever that, right? If they won it before, they won SmackDown or something. No. I don't remember. No, Gable is Gable is a Grand Slam tag team champion, winning right. it on NXT, uh, SmackDown, and now Raw. Right. So, so there you go. So, if 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 they eventually give it back to AOP here, and then AOP moves on to another people, I'd much prefer but, that, and and would say that's the way they should have went. If this is just now Gable and Rude because they're turning away from AOP, this is a giant misstep. And so I don't mm-hmm. know where we're, where we're at, and time will tell. But, um, you know, did you have any specifics about this particular segment? Or I, I like that it gave me a quick pop, right? Like, oh, wow. I right. didn't jump out of my seat. I didn't clap. And I didn't tweet that this was awesome, yada, yada, yada. I just said, oh, that was entertaining. That was different. Now, I don't have confidence going forward, just like you said, if they just – turn away from AOP as the viewer I say no 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 I want more domination and fear from the tag team division as AOP is the you know reigning uh, champs of that division but for the night I thought it was fine yeah all right what did you think about the riot squad now they're bringing out a picture of, of old Jim they're they're leaning into it is any better and nothing uh, again I don't mind the leaning into it, right? The leaning into it is good. The execution just misses. Right. Yeah. It, it it doesn't feel it doesn't feel genuine, first yeah, off. Yeah, it Fish doesn't face, feel like Ruby Riot's actually this person. Yeah. Fish face Ruby Riot doesn't feel like, like she really <laughs> hates Natty. She has a fish face. Just I don't care. You can swimming. look at her. Just it, keep swimming. Yeah. <laughs> that is Dora the Explorer, if I've ever seen it Dory. in real life. Yeah, yeah. Dory, whatever. Dory. I don't fucking know any of the. Anyhow, she has a fish face. Um, but I don't feel like. We have foot face and fish face. Yeah. We got can we, get, on can the... we get the match of the century? <laughs> Madison Rain, Ruby yeah. Ryan, foot face. Let's do it. Fish face. Fish face. One face has to go. One face. <laughs> Yes. So the face off. Like that they're it's the yeah, face off. Face off. <laughs> Love that idea. Uh, I just don't feel like this is genuine, and mm-hmm. this goes a little bit to my beef with Twitter, where you know you tell me that these girls hate each other, but then on Twitter I see Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss and blah 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 taking pictures, doing carpool karaoke, and dit, 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 dit. so I know they fucking don't like. Or that they don't hate each other. Now, when Becky Lynch goes on fire tweets on Charlotte, I think, well, maybe something happened to that relationship, right? When Becky Lynch is like, hey, they're saying I was out for a month because of a concussion. Uh, Charlotte was out a month because of her boobs. And I was like, God damn, that's a real burn, right? And all the shit she was saying on Ronda Rousey, I was like, man, maybe she really doesn't like her. But with this, going back to uh, Ruby Riot and Natty, it just feels like, Okay, on paper that's great. On execution, that is a dud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just not. I'm just not feeling it. Like it's, it's like a Nia Jax promo. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a it's a Nia joke. It's a Nia Jax promo in the sense of if I write this down as the author, I know that this is fire. That this is awesome. And then I give it to the talent. And it's like a turd in a punch bowl, and you go, well, that shit is fucking floating. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is not good. And so, same thing here. 
All right, so we had another. Um, uh, we're going to get a full-on feud with Ziggler and McIntyre out of you know the the things from the prior week, and uh, I like it. I like it where they did this here, right? He McIntyre gets nothing but the upper hand and gets to leave laughing, basically. Yeah, but I mean, again, I only I only want to talk about how I view this as the viewer, not backstage. I don't give a shit about who's getting pushed and blah 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 mm-hmm. and injuries and all that shit. Just as the viewer. Can we pick something with Drew McIntyre? So at one time he's monster hunting, going after Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. Or, or first off, he he forms with Braun Strowman, the gods of war or whatever, against the shield, right? And for right. real circumstances, that has to go away. Oh, I'm okay with it, right? But then again, as a viewer, he says, I'm going monster hunting against Braun Strowman. Okay. And then all of a sudden, no, now he's friends with Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin. Okay, uh, I'll still stick with you here. No, now he's not really friends with them. He just doesn't like his old friend that he was with the gods of war. But what? What? It's just like, can we pick something for this guy? Because yeah. we're doing about twenty percent with ten storylines. Can we get Drew McIntyre a Snickers? Because he's he's clearly yeah. right. He's just angry. He's hangry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's just he's angry. Give him the stickers. It'll be all fine. Drew McIntyre is clearly hangry. Um, you know, and that's, you know, I get it. I've been there, man. You get hangry. You just, everything upsets you the slightest annoyance. And you're like, you know what, Steve, I know you normally shuffle your, shuffle your papers this way, but it just, God damn it. I'm done. I'm yeah. Done. It's time to fucking yell at you now. Yeah. You know? I, and, and that's what I'm I feel sorry, like Steve. We're, what I, we're seeing but that's what I feel like we're seeing with Drew McIntyre, where it's like he doesn't like Braun. Ah, okay, now he's on to uh, he doesn't like Elias. Okay, now he's on to he doesn't like Finn. Okay, now he's on to he doesn't like Dolph. It, what? Who do we not? Are you fighting everyone, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and if you're fighting everyone, well, then interrupt some matches and go on a tear. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, fucking pick someone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is dancing partners here. I want to see a story. Yeah, speaking of uh, wanting to see a story instead of some of this, uh, Bailey versus Alicia Fox. Who cares? Next. Move on. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, Dean Ambrose, huh? In the back. What did you think of that backstage Charlie Caruso segment? You know, it's fine. Sure. Next, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had another Elias segment, obviously, right? And Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. I, I can't get enough of those guys. I like Bobby Lashley, and I like I uh, really like Leo Rush. You know where I feel like they would fit better? Mm. I feel like we should do a quick trade or okay. superstar shakeup or whatever you say. Yeah, I want, and even though I'm going to contradict, contradict myself a little bit here uh, with what I said about Seth Rollins, but I feel like it would be really cool if you traded AJ for Seth Rollins, those two switch brands, right? And then Raw can be the face or the place that AJ Styles bit built and Seth Rollins can have some fun feuds with Daniel Bryan and things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I want Leo rush and Bobby Lashley to go to SmackDown. I feel like obviously if you listen to the show more than a week, you know that I think SmackDown is just killing it on all levels. And I just think that that character can either be turned up or slightly changed just a tad to where I'm a hundred percent all in. But I think like a new day, and Bobby Lashley, Leo Rush storyline would be perfect. Mm-hmm. And let's get Leo Rush as a tag team partner. Like, let's get Bobby Lashley past this Elias thing, right? 
AOP uh, goes into the heels. Let's turn Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley back to being baby faces and have them as a tag team going up against AOP. Or, again, throw them over to SmackDown and have them go up against New Day and then you can do that pseudo face-face thing. Well, and we got our Heath Slater referee debut. I like it. I'm into this storyline. Like I said, I love that Seth Rollins is our hopefully face of the brand, but my favorite storyline on Raw is what are we doing with Heath Slater? In the yeah. main event, I mean, he does this the spot here, right, where he, right. Bobby Lashley makes him count, but let's fast forward to the main event where Seth Rollins is is uh, about to win the match, and Heath Slater's like, man, you know what I have to do. And Seth Rollins is like, yeah, and you know what I got to do? Kick you in the face. Way out. And then right in the face. Yeah. All right. Um, Okay. Your favorite, Nia Jax. What do you think about that? The Alexa Bliss press conference. Excuse me. Alexa Bliss press conference with Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey. Uh, What? I hate it. I hate it. I typically hate these, period, but this especially. This is so, and then when she's doing a promo, staring at her fist, obviously just trying to remember her lines. She's trying to be intimidating, showing you like this fist does damage. But she's also written her lines on her fist. It's yeah, perfect. It's a it's, perfect thing for them, right? It worked out well. It's like, hey, look, you can't remember her lines. We're going to have to write them on her hand. So we need Becky to take the fall. Becky got to take over the team, take a punch to the face. And then, you know, that way she can start staring at her fist and she'll write her, her, her lines right there in her fist. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Nia Jax. That's how cool yeah. Becky Lynch is. She volunteered to take that. Yeah. Hey, Nia Jax, we're going to have you take a page from your cousin, The Rock, and you're going to start writing your lines on your wrist. Remember that when John Cena called out The Rock on that? <laughs> That's one of the greatest burns of all time. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, it sucks. And Tamina, just not the person, okay, everyone? Just take a step back. Not the person. The character is what I'm about to say here. But, Tamina, jump off a fucking bridge. No one wants to see you anymore. You fucking suck. You're a horrible wrestler. Your matches are clunky. Your promos are fucking worse. And you serve no purpose except for taking up space. Seriously, I'd rather have more space on the television than your body. Just go away. Just jump off of a bridge. You are very bad at being on WWE programming. You suck a cactus. All right, we have... Yeah, go suck a cactus. Speaking of, uh, she had a match with Ember Moon, you know, so, yeah, no pass. Uh... Ember Moon, I feel like I really want to like. I love her entrance song, the... I like that, and her finisher is fucking awesome. Like, it's the coolest women's finisher uh, in WWE, I think. Yeah, right. But, I don't... Again, what, what, what is Ember Moon? Is she a, is she an undead wizard? Is she some type of like? Tell me what she is, because all I see is like a hot topic employee that escaped and is now wrestling matches with Ronda Rousey. Yeah, like I I feel like they're going for the neckbeards here that they're trying to like maybe get the neckbeards favorite girl maybe right. Yeah. Like, oh, she likes and, dragons and video games. Right. Yeah, right? Tell me what she... I, I don't know anything about her except for she debuted as Nia Jax's friend. Nia Jax turned on her, and now she's friends with Rhonda. That's the whole story yeah, of Ember Moon so far on her. It feels like you needed somebody to do the first couple matches of your house shows on the loop, and you, and you called up Ember Moon for that. 
Yeah, but man, I think she again. I think she has it right. The the entrance song can get you a big star, just like Nakamura, right? So I think she has the entrance music. She's got the fucking finisher. That jumping off Stone Cold Stunner or whatever the fuck is called, Total Eclipse of the Heart or whatever. I fucking love it. And her matches aren't clunky like Tamina or Natty, mm. so she can put on a decent match with almost everyone. It seems like so. Let me invest in who this character is. Why did why does she look weird? Why does she come out walking all like you know? She walks out like Axl Rose from Guns and Roses, you know, like swiveling those hips and stuff. And then she comes in the ring all cool, jumping on in and stuff. But what is it? Yeah. I don't what know. is it? I don't. Yeah. We don't know. Well, and then we yeah. got the main event, the TLC match for the Intercontinental Title, which. I, I get you guys are having ratings issues and you're trying to like spruce up the show, but. You can't give us a TLC match when you're getting ready to go into TLC. Like, a, w- mm-hmm. doesn't make sense, guys. What and what am I supposed to be paying ten dollars a month for? <laughs> and can we just quickly talk about the finish? So it's a no disqualification match. Obviously, you know, as the actions from Heath Slater showed, uh, Heath Slater is also trying to let Baron Corbin win this match. You know, mm-hmm. so Dean Ambrose. You just do nothing until after he wins, and then you just go like, I'm going to stare at you. Like, what? You could have beat him up. You could have cost him his title. You could have caused him pain. Uh, could have kicked and, him in the dick. Know, right. But <laughs> the, the stare down is great if there's never been physical altercation, right? right. Like, the best stare down and again, I'm a ECW whatever. Say all the shit you want on tweet the table, but when Taz and Sabu finally in, ended up in the ring together, and they go darting towards each other, and the lights go out, you go, "Holy shit, they're about to fight!" Right? Like I can't wait. But when they've had, in this case, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, two hundred fucking matches since 2015, and pseudo kind of okay storylines well when you just have them stare at each other well who the fuck cares cares. do something right do something so that's essentially raw i mean you know unless you got any final like yeah i'm sure you got a wrap-up thought but it's kind of been an overarching theme since we started yeah like i said i think they're on the right path with certain people being positioned as good storylines right Seth Rollins, uh, I think, is really good. Heath Slater is a very interesting story. Does he end up embracing this heel uh, referee? Do we get like a Nick Patrick NWO kind of thing? Or does he become like Little Nate and he shaves his head and becomes like Little Corbin or something? Like you said, the the tag team titles. It changed hands. That's cool. What's next? Hopefully something good. Probably not, but it was something. So there was some good positives there. But let's... Let's hide the negatives and basically let's just hide fish face and and, and fat fat hands there and just whoop, get them fucking fish off face TV. and fat hands would be a great tag team name. Yeah, mm-hmm. and fucking Tamina jump off a cliff. God, it's like a cactus again. Figuratively, asterisk jump off a cliff. Figuratively, and the character who whatever Tamina's real name is, I'm I'm I bet she's a very fine person. Yeah, talking. I, we, we I want TV you to be remain picture. healthy and happy. 
Yes. And get all of your, I your dreams hate realized. Tamina. Right. Right. Yeah. Sports. Hate. All right. We had Daniel Bryan coming out to start SmackDown. He had his promo led into a match with Mustafa Ali that's gaining a lot of buzz. Yeah. I feel like Mustafa Ali is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. I think his matches are cool. I kind of don't like his Twitter when he shows me all the fun moves because it's like, this doesn't look like fighting. This just looks like Cirque du Soleil. Anyhow, 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 anyhow. I think I think he his athleticism, I think he's likable. I, I think he's everything that Cedric Alexander should be, right? Cedric Alexander looks the part and uh, can do all the moves. But just like Enzo said, he's the man that Charisma forgot. There's fucking nothing there with Cedric Alexander. He is just fast forward, uh, let me get a viral move in here, and that's it. With Mustafa Ali, the fun little DJZ light strobe thing. Again, tell me what the fuck he is, but I think there's something there. I think he has something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he has uh, yeah. something. <laughs> Um, okay, New Day, The Bar, here we are, still again. But it's a rap battle. Still slash again? Yeah, we haven't had those yet in this, like, Usos, New Day, The Bar, uh, well, you know what needs Bludgeon to happen. Brothers, <laughs> like, we only got yeah. four tag teams? What the fuck is going on here? Well, that's true. That's why I said, over again. let's make some, well, and on Raw, we don't really have tag teams either. We've got... AOP and then makeshift Gable and Rude. Yeah, a I rehash mean, got, of the same storyline they keep trying to plug Gable into for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, guys. All right, anyway. Um, let's well, no, see. This, is, this is the one thing I wanted. I want them to do with the, the rap battle. Mm-hmm. This is the last thing that WWE needs to do. Because you know they got to get the rap god in. Yeah. And you know who the rap god is, right? Bo Rida. Yes. Right? Yes. So you have this is what they should do. Let's let's position Bo this match. Rida. That's what I'm saying. But here you go. This is how you should do it. Let's get through this right Usos thing and let's just fucking play musical chairs. And now it's the bar and new day and then the Usos are the moderator, right? So then they're doing it, but it's 3 on 2, right? So new new day does their battle rap and they fucking do fine, right? And it's cool. And then the bar, the ice ice shamey thing was cute. It was cool. I, I it was fine, right? It's cute. I liked it. Fine. But let's just fast forward to this 3 on 2. So New Day does their part, and then the bar starts out, and they're like, you know what we're missing? Like, the bar of all time. And the lights go out, and then Bo Rida comes out, and then Bo Rida just kills the New Day and the Usos verbally. That's who we need. Bo Bo Rida, Rida. the rap god. And I hope he does that. Make it... Make it Vanilla Ice or John Cena Thugonomics. Let's go with Bo Rida as the white... You know, white Why boy wouldn't famous. you at least try? Are you worried about losing all of like that sweet uh, Bo Dallas merch you've been selling? The B team stuff, or, yeah. Or are you worried that he might actually become the next John Cena? Yeah. Or like, why wouldn't you just at least try this? Everybody would love it, or they would hate it, and we would know to just get rid of Bo Dallas. No, I think we need to make him into a battle rapper. Yeah. Bo Battle. He beat Flo Rida. 
Bo Battles. That's what, you know what I mean? Bo Battles. Yeah, Bo, Bo Battles, Battles right there. Right? Yo, yo, yo. It's yo, Bo, it's Bo Battles. Battles. And have yeah, and have Curtis Axel be his hype man, right? Like, that's fine. You can still keep the B team. Right. But the B team is for bars. The B is for bars. And Bo Battles, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, or B is for Busta, which is what you are, right? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you just go into it. Yes. God, that's what I want. Yeah. That, they need to do one more and introduce and reintroduce the rap god in WWE Universe, Bo Ryder. All right. And then we get uh, the best tag team in the world shaping up here, Shane McMahon and The Miz. The storyline's rolling along. What do you think of it so far? I like the wrinkle after the fact, right? Where we find out that Miz paid those referee or paid the referee, paid the talent to kind of position Shane McMahon into doing what he did. Right. I like that, right? It's the, hey, man, I know that we have something here and I'm going to force you to see it. That's cool. That's a good original story that I haven't seen, I guess, in a long time, if I ever have. So I like where they're going. Again, I think the long play, and this is just me guessing as the viewer who's watched wrestling since I was three years old, that Shane McMahon goes heel, Miz goes babyface, Daniel Bryan Miz at fill-in-the-blank pay-per-view, WrestleMania. All right, I like that. Mysterio, Orton. Come on! Still not care, yeah. Well, here's the thing. We just talked about at the start of the show, Mustafa Ali and Daniel Bryan. And that match was really fun. And that match showed that, like, the 205 Live guys, even though, you know, they're circle jerking each other and no one's watching, they can wrestle with the best in the world, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, of that, you know, elite level. So... Let's do some fun shit here, and instead of circa 2005, Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio, let's put Randy Orton with Mustafa Ali. Let's put Cedric Alexander with Rey Mysterio. Let's fucking stop playing grab ass with people we're comfortable with and play some more new stories here. Why isn't – so we've got Drake Maverick leading AOP, and that's a good thing, but let's say we didn't have Drake Maverick, right? They didn't sign him. He's injured, whatever. Mm -hmm. Why isn't Randy Orton the mentor to AOP to give them that sinister, like, evil – we're going to kill you mentality, yeah. right? You know what I mean? You pair them either as a foe or with this younger talent because it's something, A, we haven't seen, so we're not going to be bored with it, and two, it only helps to aid your younger talent with some experience. And the the one thing that I really enjoyed with that first heel turn from Randy Orton when he attacked Jeff Hardy was he said, like, I was the legend killer, and now I'm here to something like take out your legends or things like that. Yeah, have him say, like, I'm the legend here, and you're not at my level. And have him just try to wipe out the young talent. Right Mm. there is at least something fun. Yeah. You know, you can play on the history of what Randy Orton is and what he is now. And then you could try to get over a new talent, which could be Mustafa Ali. You know Randy Orton and Mustafa Ali could have a good match. Of course. So let's fucking do that. Can you imagine what kind of weird-ass RKO they would pull out of nowhere? Yeah, exactly. And I just... Because I mentally just check out when I say, like, seen it. Seen it. And guess what? Actually, when Randy Orton told Rey Mysterio that Eddie Guerrero wasn't in heaven, he was in hell, that story is better than this fucking thing. It would be one thing if we've seen it, but you're bringing nothing new about it. Like, yeah, Yeah. the words you're using are different, but it's nothing new. Yeah. So let's... Let's stop playing circle jerk with people we're comfortable with, and let's get these fucking people with new talent. Well, and then we had, you know, they just sandwiched two. We've talked about how we don't mind the blending of storylines because of the nature of what we're supposed to believe this is in wrestling. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. 
this one doesn't make sense when they're just like, yeah, tag team. Jeff Hardy and Rusev versus Samoa Joe and, and Nakamura. It's like, well, these two storylines weren't interacting otherwise. Yeah, and now we just that's, a, that's a hallmark of WWE yes. storyline. Where it, it's it's something just like uh, the the ten count of punches in the corner that needs to go away. This like, hey, you and me, we're we're good guys or good girls or whatever we're calling it. We're baby faces. Let's mm-hmm. beat up those heels and vice versa. So yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. But hey, guess what? We got to see Rusev and Nakamura on the fucking TV. Right. Yeah. That's true. For as good as as the Becky Lynch, uh, Charlotte, Asuka storyline is being told, and even to a lesser extent because it just hasn't been given enough enough time to breathe, but I do think it's just as good of a story. Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles on the opposite end of the spectrum. Fucking what with the U.S. title? Just throw it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just what are we doing? You have so much there. Remember when I just came up with that storyline with the Rusev Day and the Knock Americans yep. and the whole does Knock Americans recognize Rusev Day as a holiday? It's right there, and I'm stupid. I'm so stupid, well, and They're I came forgetting up with that. that. Like I always attribute it. We call it like a Cirque du Soleil or a traveling thing like that. Like it's live theater. It's more akin to me. It's always felt like a live action comic book pro wrestling, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. You make that storyline. It's absurd. It's it's you know it's yeah. over the top. But that's what you're supposed to, be, especially with WWE. That's been your hallmark. That's what they called the New York wrestling. Was it's cartoonish? It's very character driven and, and over the top characters. And it's well, shit. And it couldn't be any worse than Drake Maverick pissing on a robe. Like so, let's do some things here. But you have two really really good inner. Interesting and entertaining talents in Nakamura or Nakamura, Nakamura and Rusev, right? We still love Channing Rusev Day. Nakamura yeah. is fucking over with all the little, you know, neck beards that, that watch wrestling. But we're choosing just to go like, well, you guys like them, so we're just going to put in bare yeah. minimum effort. There's the subtle nuance difference that they don't seem to get. Is like, we complain that it's gimmicky and hokey and as far as like a wrestling or a particular match or storyline that's gimmicky, hokey, the characters, goofball, or whatever, we don't like that. When we're talking about what we're supposed to be believing is our main event fight storyline, your undercard stuff absolutely give me all of the circus play shit, right? Because yeah, that's the more exactly. entertaining stuff that I'm not like, yeah. oh, man, who's going to win? Because that's more just like, oh, man, I can't believe they said Slash did that. That's fun, right? That's mm-hmm. all it has to yep. be. Anyway. Exactly. All right. We got um, uh, Asuka, Lynch, Flair. Everybody's swinging them sticks. Yeah, I just don't get. <laughs> okay, so I just don't get who who's who. Right. Yeah. Right? Who's the face? Who's the heels? Eh, maybe you don't even know. Huh? Right, because we got Becky Lynch, who is now just getting cheered out of every building, right? She is just the most over-talented in WWE no still. Wrong. In December, right? So she's now playing up the they don't want me as champ. So I'm going to guess that that's a baby face, right? Awesome. Yes. And I love that. Let's get it. Cool. And you could have a second baby face because Asuka earned her right fair and square in a battle royal to become champion. And, you know, she wants to be a champion just like anyone else. Okay, cool. So we've got baby face, I guess, Becky. I, I guess be- baby face Asuka. But then what the fuck is Charlotte? Because Charlotte's just going like, 
You guys, or you girls, are going to bow down to the queen. Okay, you have a track record. You're a seven-time champ or whatever it is. I can believe that you could beat these girls. You ended Asuka's uh, streak at WrestleMania. You know, it's paper, rock, scissors between the three of you. But now at the end of the match with Asuka, you just grab a kendo stick and just fucking hit her? Well, and here's here's the thing that I take issue with that, is that here's another subtle nuance they're not getting, right? If Miz, when he's a heel, right, and he's in his suit and he's the Hollywood A-lister and he's, you know, like above you and he's conceited, if he's in a match and he might be losing it and he goes and grabs a kendo stick and he mercilessly, repeatedly just beats the shit out of the guy and gets a DQ, we hate that. We're like, boo, you weak, nothing, cheap, you suck, you couldn't win, so you went and did that. If Charlotte's walking around with the swagger, with a leather jacket, like, I'm going to kick everybody's ass and fuck you and you can't do nothing to me, she grabs a kendo stick and mercilessly beats somebody, we like that because it's cool and that's the attitude she's been wandering around. But we don't want that right now because we're already invested that into Becky Lynch. So now it feels like a copy and a play out. So you're mm-hmm. right. What are you doing here? We do, This character's not fitting... Yeah, it, it, it doesn't – yeah, I don't get what feeling they're trying to make right. me feel with her. Right. right? The Kendall stick beatdown is cool when the character feels like that's what they're supposed to do. Well, then I'm going to like mm-hmm. it because I like that char- – you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, but I don't, you gave me I, I don't, two of the same character, and this is the light version. Yeah, and then and then going into the whole thing with Asuka, you just kept telling me, you know – Charlotte can beat Asuka. She ended the streak. Yeah. She can do it again. And then, nope, now she just second guesses herself, and she chicken shits out. So that's a heel. But when she did it the first time around, like you said, with Ronda Rousey, well, that just felt like a carbon copy of Becky Lynch. And I guess it was cool because it was Raw versus SmackDown, but bleh. And now, yeah, I just it's, – it's a cool – Story yeah. in the sense of like what I told you, the, the paper, rock, scissors, right? Uh, Charlotte can beat Asuka. Asuka can beat Becky. Becky can beat Charlotte. And then, you know, fill in the, but this I, person can't beat that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel That's like, a cool story. But what whatever we're saying just isn't translating. I guess I just, I you know, I don't know their full-on day-to-day process in this writing and creative, right? But it feels like there's less of everybody sitting down in a room and planning the show and the weeks and the months ahead Versus a bunch of agents talking individually to a bunch of different performers and going, yeah, you could do that. Well, you guys got the 12th segment. Yeah, I don't think anybody's doing that in the other segments. Where's it go? Okay, yeah, we'll sign off on that. Uh, yeah, just, I, all right, cool. I've got enough to do, right? And then nobody's got a, a vision and a plan for the overall theme and the direction of the show, the storylines, the, the the quarter, the month, the year, nothing. Mm-hmm. It's about crap, guys. We got to finish today. We're two hours behind, and we've got to get back on the bus and get to St. Louis by tomorrow and do this shit again. Yeah. Somebody's got to get them ahead of schedule. Right. And I totally understand because uh, I saw on Twitter to go kind of off on a quick tangent. I did see on Twitter uh, Brian Alvarez, who's, you know, one of those dirt sheet guys or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, talked about the raw rating and is like, this is embarrassing. And then Jimmy Jacobs was like, you know how fucking hard it is to write three hours of television every week? Yeah, well, and that is absurd. 
What, what I'm saying is that is absurd. There's not another t- television show that does that. Not right. Game of Thrones, not Breaking Bad, not... Or never really uh, has. Yeah, Grey's Anatomy. No one has ever put three new hours of content each and every week. Now, in saying that, and it's not just maybe three there's a fucking reason. Too. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah and le- to a lesser extent, two hours of every week, right? Yeah. So maybe going into 2019, maybe we can take a look at why no one else is doing well, that. Here's the deal. I know they banked a lot on a whole, like, do you know how much money they bring in on this third hour? Well, the next time these fucking contract negotiations roll around, if your fucking third hour is pulling in a 1.2, you ain't going to be. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So you better figure yeah. it out. Now, they're probably yeah. locked in due to whatever their recent contract negotiations right. are, right? But, mm-hmm. man, it, now that you have, I get when you went raw to three hours, you didn't have the network. SmackDown wasn't as big of a deal. You didn't have all the other stuff, right? You didn't have the NXTs, the, the, all this jazz. Now you do. Yeah. Right? That third hour revenue cannot, and I won't believe, is such a major portion of your overall business that you can't plan around it and absorb that loss into some other profit-making thing. Well, profit-making things in the sense of getting new viewers because of a better overall right. product. Yes, yeah, some of that <laughs> will hedge itself out, right, because yeah. of that. Yes. Yeah. But just, man, guys, they've got to figure something out. I don't know if you got anything else to list about SmackDown nope, before we that's bounce it. out. We'll come back and do some no, let's TLC get into our picks. picks when we return to the Spanish announce table. The Undertaker was the first ever person to win a singles match at the Survivor Series pay-per-view. Fun fact. The Spanish announce table. All right, Tom, TLC is this Sunday. And I'm excited. I've I, I spent a good amount of time going over this card uh, because we Same like here. to do picks, right? I really want to break this down pretty thoroughly um, and know, you know, I, I really want to put heart into this one. Well, uh, I think what's yeah. kind of crazy is we're in agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we have the same picks. I think this Sunday at TLC, uh, prediction, every match – Somebody will get hit with a prop. Fun fact, Kurt Angle, The Rock, Undertaker, and Sting all made their debuts at Survivor Series. The Spanish Announce Table. 